Amen. Well, I have some candy here for any new visitors that we have. Um, I know I see Willie in the house. He's new. He's a brand new elevator. Come up, Willie. Why don't you get some candy? Everybody give it up for Willie as he comes up. You can take No? Okay. Anybody else who it's, it's their first time, first time visitor? Lying is a sin. You, is it you, you guys? Yeah? You want to come up? Yes, come on. No. Let me get a helper. Hold on, hold on. Zion. Give, pass the bowl to them, and, the, and they'll get freaky. It's okay. We got you. We got you. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Awesomeness. What are you guys' names? Ariana and Josh? Joshua. Ooh, Joshua. Amen. Awesome. Nice to meet you guys. Tonight is going to be awesome. Thank you for joining us. Um, no, Melinda. No, no, no. Amen. All right. Um, if I can have somebody remove the candy now. Josh. Josh is the official candy mover person. Amen. There you go. Shaba. All right. So tonight we're going to be concluding our sermon series. I have all this mail here. Why do I have this? Um, we're going to be concluding our sermon series uh, for this month called No Turning Back. I don't know about you guys, but I know for me personally, it has challenged me. It has brought so many things to surface in my own heart. And God just pushing me to a new level to go after him. I hope it's done the same thing for you. We covered, you know, Lot and his wife and how she turned back to sin. We covered um, how the people of Israel, right, they missed out on the promised land because they turned back in their hearts. They said, we'd rather go back to Egypt, right? Um, last week, uh, Jesus was, we, we learned about how Jesus was talking to the church of Ephesus, a uh, church that existed uh, about, you know, 2,000 years ago or so, ancient Roman city, and uh, God was calling them to fall back in love with Jesus. He was telling them to actually go back and do the things they did at the beginning. Because where they were, they couldn't move forward unless they went back and restarted and kind of fell back in love with Jesus. They fell out of love with the Lord. Even though they were coming to church, even though they were doing everything right, they had no love for God in it. They were in religion, and, Je and Jesus was rebuking them. So uh, that was kind of the, the past three sermons that we've been on this past month. And then tonight is going to be special. We're going to be learning about something dear to my heart. Um, it's going to be in the book of Acts. So if we can actually turn there now, chapter one of the book of Acts, we're going to be in verse, verse, let's see, I think it's on the screen. Oscar, help me out here. Verse four, there we go. So Acts chapter one, verse four, we're going to learn about, we're going to learn a little bit about the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you guys, but I've been feeling the Holy Spirit moving throughout this service so much. I'm looking forward to that because I think he wants to do that more. Anybody think the Holy Spirit wants to do more of what he just did? Amen. I think it's time, man. I think it's time. I think it's time to stop playing games. Oh, my goodness. It's time to stop playing games with the Holy Spirit. He just wants to pour out his fire on you. He wants to just, just light you up with passion. He wants to make you bold. He wants to set you free from sin. He wants to deliver you. He has all these things he wants to do in your life. And it's time to just open the door, stop playing games, and receive. Because let me tell you what, the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Come on, somebody. Y'all know this verse. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Why is your life jacked up? Why are you bored? You come to church. You don't know why you're coming to church. You think it's a waste of your time and you're, you're, yeah, you think it's a waste of your time and all these different things. And it's like, look, you just need to crack open the door of your heart, receive what the Spirit's trying to do in your life. Guess what? You're going to experience freedom. You're going to experience joy. You're going to experience peace. You're going to experience the love of the Lord. Let me tell you what. I don't care how cool you think you are in this place. If you do not have Jesus, you do not have joy. You do not have love. You do not have peace. You don't have any of these different things. And is it any surprise to me, when I go to these high schools, when we go and evangelize, when we go to Schurz, when we go to Tap, when we go to Von Steuben, wherever, these people who are trying to tell me they don't need Jesus in their life, they look depressed, they look mad, they look angry, they start giving us an attitude, well, you know what, I'm sorry, whatever you're doing without Jesus, it doesn't look like it's working, you know, just, just, you just, just receive God, come on, just, amen, Jesus. Um, so... 
You know, guys, I'm telling you, it's so important. We need to be open. We need to open up in this season. Challenge the Lord. Ask God to do amazing things in your life. Ask him to take you to a new level. If you've been stuck in the same spot, if you've been just in this plateau, you haven't been moving forward, you haven't been moving back, well, I'm not backslidden. I'm not going to parties. I'm not shooting up my block. Well, congratulations. You're not a murderer. But God has so many more things he wants to do in your life. He wants to use you as a leader. You need to stop hiding in the shadows. Start stepping out of the, your comfort zone. Start leading other people. Start out leading other people in your classroom, in your high school, in your family. Instead of you being a follower, it's time for you to be a leader. But in order for that to all happen, you need to open up your heart to the Lord. You need to allow the Spirit to lead you. You need to allow the Spirit to move upon you. And that's something that's so important. That's something that's so, so, so key. Now, before we dive into here, Acts 1, chapter 1 verses 4 and 5. Let's all bow our heads and just close right. Let's open up in a word of prayer really quick. Father God, we thank you for what you're doing in this room tonight, Lord. God, I don't know what you have in store, Lord. I don't know what you want to do. But God, I know your heart is burning with passion to do something. So Lord, we acknowledge your presence. We're hungry for you. We want to see you. God, you mean more to us than our phone. You mean more to us than our friends. You mean more to us, God, than that boyfriend or girlfriend that's going to break, break up with us and cheat on us for somebody else. Lord God, we love you more than anything else, God. We're hungry for you. We want you, Jesus. We want you, Lord, in this place. Come and have your way tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. I'm going to go ahead and read it out here. It says, On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit before we... Go back to the other slide. Spirit, yes. Spirit, ooh. Holy Spirit, yes. Um, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, how many days does it say specifically? Can we get a specific answer from this text? How many days? Five days? Ten days? Three days? Six days? Where does it say six? Who said six? Say six days in there? How many days does it say? A few. Hmm. Well, if you like specifics and you're very strict and you're very like, well, I need to know the exact day, the exact time, the exact hour, you know, you're going to come at 6.55. I don't know if you've ever tried to, you know, hang out with your friends or you're trying to call, make an appointment at a doctor's office or something, and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to come in at this time, 7 p.m. Well, if it's me, I'll be like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to come in at like 1 in the morning because that's when I'm up. Come on, somebody. Well, I'm going to come in at 1 in the morning, you know, wherever, blah, blah, blah. This is what I'm going to do. But here, the person that's speaking, which is Jesus, we're going to find out, um, they don't give a specific time. They just say a few days. Now, why is that important? That's extremely important. So I want you guys to catch that. Get that detail edged in your mind. Jesus did not tell these people how long, what time, what hour, how many days. He just says a few days. Okay? Now, before I develop this just a little bit more, I want to kind of give you guys some context of what's happening here. Jesus is about to ascend into heaven. This is after Jesus uh, was crucified, after he died on the cross, he rose again, he resurrected, and he's about to go back to be with the Father in heaven. The Bible says that Jesus is not on earth right now. He's actually in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father, which is interesting. Stephanie mentioned that during worship. It says that Jesus is actually praying for us passionately. He's interceding for Brianna. He's interceding for Brandon. He's interceding for, for Willie. He's interceding for all of us right now. Isn't that cool? Jesus, right now, he's with the Father at the right hand in heaven, and he's praying for you. Amen. That's the God we serve. I'm sorry. Last time I checked, Muhammad isn't praying for me. Allah isn't praying for me. Buddha isn't praying for me. These other dudes that the school tries to tell you are cool and hip, they're not praying for you. They're dead. They could care less about you. But Jesus, my Jesus, is in heaven. He's praying for me right now. He's, a, he's, he's interceding for me. Whatever situation I'm going through, no matter how grim or uh, scary it may be, he's praying for me. He's interceding for each and every one of us as we speak. So Jesus, he's in heaven. He's about to go uh, to be with the Father in heaven, right? He's about to ascend, but he tells his disciples this thing. He gives them instructions. Um, 
He's kind of filling them in. Okay, this is what's going to happen after I go. I have to leave. I got to go to the with the. I got to go to be with the Father. Um, here's what's going to happen next. Here's what I want you to do. Okay. Now it's interesting what Jesus tells his disciples. Okay. Um, you would think maybe after Jesus, you know, he died, he resurrected, all this cool stuff. He's like super powerful. He just, you know, won the victory for all humanity. This is amazing. This is great. What does he tell the disciples to do? Does he tell them to start a revolution? Right? In this, the, the first thing, don't get me wrong, the disciples went crazy. You, if you read the rest of the book of Acts, it's amazing. It's powerful. But right here, the first thing that Jesus tells his disciples does he tell them to start a revolution? Does he tell them to rise up and, you know, get your swords and your shields and start overtaking the government? Does Jesus tell the disciples to do that? No. No, he doesn't tell them to do that. What's interesting, he doesn't even tell them to start making churches. He doesn't tell them to start having church and having little Bible studies and getting together and doing little Christian things. And start reciting some of the stuff I told you when I was walking with you on the earth. It's interesting, guys. Jesus could have picked a number of things to tell his disciples before he went to be with the Father. You would think. Maybe some of you have seen, like, movies or something where, like, the grandfather of, like, the, the character, right? The father, the grandfather, they're about to die. They're on the deathbed or, like, they got shot or something. And they're laying there, like, their life is, you know, slowly fading away. And they're like, son, or they're like, daughter, you know, uh, I left a million dollars in this one closet, you know, take that and support your family or whatever. Like, you know, all these different last words, right? Last words are like really important. And so if somebody's about to go away, if somebody's about to die, they're about to disappear, right? Usually it's like this super amazing, profound, like, you know, this is what you got to do, right? But what does Jesus tell his disciples? What, what is Jesus, out of all the things, right? Again, out of all the things, all the possibilities, what does Jesus tell his disciples to do? Well, here's what he says. It says, do not leave Jerusalem. Uh, okay. Well, what, what do we do while we're in Jerusalem? Jesus, you want us to wait there? Okay, we won't leave Jerusalem. All right, well, what do you want us to do? Uh, but, but what? What is that word there? But wait. I, wanted, I so wanted to say that the first thing Jesus told them was to wait. But at first says that Jesus said, don't leave Jerusalem. So that's the first thing. Maybe there's like a whole revelation there that I can preach at another time. But specifically for tonight, Jesus, the second thing he commands his disciples to do, not to start a church, didn't tell them to get, get together and have Bible study, didn't tell them to have a revolution, didn't tell them to have an uprising, didn't tell them to do all this stuff. Guess what? Jesus told his disciples to wait. Out of all the things Jesus could have told his disciples, we're talking about John, we're talking about Peter, they walked on water, they healed the dead, they raised, you know, they raised the dead, they healed the sick, they did all these crazy things, they preached the gospel, they just saw Jesus crucified, now he's resurrected. Jesus, what do you want us to do? Jesus says, wait. Jesus tells his disciples to wait, okay? Why should we wait? What's so important, Jesus? We're ready. We're on fire. We just saw you raised from the dead. We're ready to take over the entire globe, Jesus. Why on earth would you want us to sit in Jerusalem and wait? Jesus continues. He says, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. First thing Jesus tells his disciples to do is wait for the Holy Spirit. I should say the second thing. First thing he told them was to not leave Jerusalem. Second thing, wait for the Holy Spirit. Even then, them not leaving Jerusalem, that's tied into them waiting. So again, Jesus is telling his disciples, here's the next step. Here's the next set of orders. You need to wait for this Holy Spirit. Because... You were baptized with water, but in a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, why is the Holy Spirit important? Who is the Holy Spirit? What's this Holy Spirit guy that Jesus is talking about? Out of all the things that Jesus could have mentioned, out of all the things Jesus could have said, we need to wait for. He's, he, he picks the Holy Spirit. He's like, no, no, you, 
don't do, just wait for this Holy Spirit, this person. He's going to come. He's going to baptize you with fire. Hello, somebody. Um, you need to wait for this, right? Okay, why is the Holy Spirit important? What is this fire that he's mentioning? What's going on? We don't need the Holy Spirit. We just saw you raised from the dead. We can take over the world. No, you can't. Let's go to John chapter 14. Oscar, if you can get that slide up for us. Let's learn a few things about the Holy Spirit. Um, we love the Holy Spirit here at Metro Praise, at Elevate. We're always talking about it, but hey, guess what? There's always more to learn. So here's a few verses that describe who the Holy Spirit is. Here's a few verses that describe what his job description is, what he's into, what he's about, what function he has in our lives. Okay, so verse 16, it says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Everybody say advocate. That word advocate, it means comforter, it means counselor. The word advocate means to speak up in defense of somebody, right, to advocate for someone. So this is kind of the adjectives attached to the Holy Spirit. Sorry, guys. Let me see. Let me, let me, let me, let me put this on. Yes, it's, it's sinful. It's the devil. The devil is a liar. And he comes in the form, not in sheep's clothing, but as tax collectors. Anyway, that's a whole other story. But, uh, yeah, so here, the Holy Spirit, the, the way the Bible is describing the Holy Spirit, it's describing him as a helper, as a counselor, as somebody who speaks up for us, right? How many of you guys ever maybe like needed counseling for something. Let me put it that way. Anybody ever needed counseling for something in your life, right? Could be for school, could be for things going on at home, whatever, right? Most of us have, you know, either seen a counselor, made it a point with the counselor, got counseling from somebody else who was wiser than us, right? Somebody that kind of imparts to us, helps us out, gives us direction. This is the Holy Spirit that we serve. And Jesus is saying in this verse that he is going to send us this helper, this counselor. He's going to counsel us. He's going to give us information. He's going to give us direction. He's going to help us out. It says the spirit of truth. Everybody say spirit of truth. Here's another adjective. Thank you, Jay. That was passionate. I like that. Thank you, Jay. Yes. Spirit of truth. <laughs> Amen. Uh, yes, the spirit of truth. Another adjective that is attached to the Holy Spirit. It, it, he, he loves the truth. He is the spirit of truth, right? So if you've been believing lies, if you're deceived, if you are disillusioned, you don't know where to go in life, you're confused, guess what? The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He can give you truth. He can set you free. He can give you direction. He can guide you. He can help you. The world cannot accept him, uh-oh, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Amen. Holy Spirit. Sounds pretty important. Gives us truth counsels us, gives us direction. Anybody ever need truth before? Truth bomb, hello somebody, right? Keeping it real, all that different stuff. Well, guess what? That's what the Holy Spirit does with us. He gives us truth. He gives us counsel. He gives us direction. And I want you guys, I don't want you to miss, because we can read a verse, and you'll just be like, oh, the Holy Spirit's a counselor. And then you're going through some whole drama at school, and you're like, I need a counselor, but you need to go to the Holy Spirit. You need to stop going to people. You need to stop going to your backslidden friends, telling you to start a fight and start stuff with this girl or that guy. Guys, go to the Holy Spirit. The reason why so many of you go through drama, so many times the people, you know, they get their lives are messed up, all that stuff. It's because they're not going to the counselor. They're not going to the spirit of truth. They're not going to the advocate who can help them. So here's the application, right? Clearly not the end of the message. I have so much more I'm going to share. It's okay. You guys are going to make it through. But if you're going through trials, tribulations, things are going on at home, your family's going crazy, your mom is telling you you can't come back to elevate, you're getting whipped, you're getting slapped in the face, what you need, you're like, God, I need you, I need some kind of answer, life is just going crazy, guess what, the Holy Spirit is there, and he can help you, again, the application. I'm going through life. That Everything's just being turned upside down. Uh, people are backstabbing me. Nobody's loyal. Uh, my friends are fake. Everybody's fake. You try and love somebody and you'll only get hurt. Well, guess what? Stop talking. Stop putting your business out for everybody. See, go to God. He'll help you. That's all you got to do. Next slide. Here's another thing about the Holy Spirit that we can learn about. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, 
whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. How many things? Oh, come on, somebody. Some of you are already falling asleep. Come on, wake up. Everybody say, how many things? All, all things. Come on, man. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. Not just a little bit. Not just a few things. He'll teach you all things. Well, I don't know, Lawrence. My life is really confusing, and I just don't know what's going on. And, man, it's just life's really hard. Well, guess what? You have a teacher in your life. He's called the Holy Spirit. Just go to him. For goodness, just, just talk to Holy God. Just go to God. He'll help you because he will teach you all things. Amen. This is so practical, guys. The Holy Spirit is real. He's a real person. Y'all take him for granted because he can teach you everything you need to know. Everything. Does it say a few things? Does anybody believe the Bible today? Does it say a few things? No, it says all things. The Bible's awesome. I love the Bible. I love Jesus. Amen. Uh, we'll teach you all things and we'll remind you of everything I have said to you. Awesome. So the Holy Spirit will teach us all things. He'll help us. He'll guide us. He'll lead us. He's our advocate. Great. Next slide, Oscar. What else does the Holy Spirit do? When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth. Here we see that again. Spirit of truth. Okay. Holy Spirit loves truth. He can help me if I'm confused, if I feel like people are deceiving me. Guess what? The Holy Spirit Loves the truth. Go to him. He'll set you free. Um, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. Okay. He will what? He will testify. Now, when it says about me, this is Jesus talking. So he's saying that the Holy Spirit will testify about Jesus. Here's a, a news flash. The Holy Spirit is a evangelist. The Holy Spirit loves to talk about Jesus. So if you have the Holy Spirit, you're not going to be sitting in your classroom not evangelizing and not telling anybody about Jesus. If you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, you have his fire, you have his passion inside of you, you're going to tell people about God because you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, and the Holy Spirit loves to talk to people. The Holy Spirit loves to tell people about Jesus, right? So if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, an evidence, proof that you have the Holy Spirit inside of you is you love to testify about Jesus. Because that's what the Holy Spirit loves to do, right? The Holy Spirit loves to testify. It says he will testify about me. That's the Holy Spirit's job. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. One more, one group of verses, again, just clarifies so well the Holy Spirit, his job, why it's so important. Next slide, Oscar. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Oh, snap. Jesus, what do you mean? It's for our good that you're going away. You're saying that it's good for you to go away? You're saying that it's better for you to leave us? Jesus, you're God. We need you. Jesus, we need you. Hold on, disciples. Calm down. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. It's better for me to go away and for me to send the Holy Spirit. It's better for you. It's actually better for me to leave you guys, go to heaven, so that you can have this personal helper, counselor, advocate, the Holy Spirit in your life 24-7. That's the Holy Spirit. The advocate will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin, righteousness, and judgment. About sin. Next slide about sin because people do not believe in me, about righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer, and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you. Next slide. Much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you. Everybody say guide you. He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will only glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. The Holy Spirit is in communication with the Father, is in communication with Jesus. Everything Jesus is telling the Holy Spirit, Jesus, uh, the Holy Spirit tells to us. That's basically what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, hey, it's better for the Holy Spirit to be with you guys because even though I'm gone, I'm going to be talking to the Holy Spirit and everything I'm telling him about you, he's going to tell directly to you. 
right? That's the Holy Spirit. And obviously, the verses prior, it says that he'll convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment, right? So if, if you guys ever evangelize or preach to somebody, and they're like, why are you telling me that my sin is bad? Like, I love my sin. It's who I am. I was born this way, whatever. God says that that's the Holy Spirit actually convicting them because the Holy Spirit is showing them, hey, no, 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 that sin isn't right. That sin that you're doing isn't good. You need to stop that. You need to give that up, right? That's the Holy Spirit. He's agitating that person, trying to get them to open up their eyes and see they need to leave their lifestyle of sin. So if somebody's offended when you start preaching to them, guess what? That's proof that you have the Holy Spirit. That's proof that the Holy Spirit is moving through you. Well, you don't understand, Lawrence, I'm persecuted every day and nobody's listening to me. Yeah, nobody's listening to you because the Holy Spirit is actually with you and they're not offended at you. They're offended at God inside of you. Be brave. Keep preaching the gospel. Um, so what, this is what it's saying. This is the Holy Spirit's job. Jesus went on to say, in a little while, you will see me no more. Next slide. And then after a little while, you will see me. Amen. So those are a few verses describing the Holy Spirit, what he's about, what he's into. Spirit of truth. He's the advocate. He's the counselor. He's the helper. All these different things, all these different adjectives. Some of you might have learned about that before um, in coming to Elevate. And so now let's return to Acts chapter 1, okay? This is the person that Jesus is talking about when he's talking to his disciples. When he's talking about, hey, you need to wait for the promise that the Father is going to send to you, he's talking about this person we just learned about, the Holy Spirit. If you can go back to Acts 1, Oscar. Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit, He's saying, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. Again, this is the Holy Spirit, the gift. This is the gift that the father had promised to his disciples. I will give you the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is saying, once I ascend into heaven, I'm going to go be with the father. I'm going to be praying for y'all. Y'all be cool. It's going to be awesome. The father is going to send you the Holy Spirit. But in order for you to get this, okay, in order, here's some requirements. In order for you to receive the gift. In order for you to get the gift of the Father, you need to wait. You need to wait for the Holy Spirit. If you want the Holy Spirit, if you want to encounter the Holy Spirit, if you want to encounter who this person is, the Spirit of Truth, the Helper, the Counselor, you need to wait for Him. You need to stop what you're doing. You can't leave Jerusalem. You need to shut down all of your plans, cancel all of your hangouts, put a hold on your job, stop everything, wait for the Holy Spirit. That's what you got to do. Doesn't tell them to start an uprising. Doesn't tell them to have church. Doesn't tell them to have a Bible study. Because guess what? None of that actually matters if there's no Holy Spirit. Does everybody get that in this place? None of your religiosity and your little two cents that you like to put in on Friday of, oh, I'm a Christian because I came to church and I came to elevate so I'm religious, I'm good with God. No, actually, none of that matters. You need to stop your life, stop everything, ask for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. That's what you need to do. Out of all the things Jesus could have told them to do, out of all the things Jesus could have pointed out to his disciples, out of all the different things he could have instructed them and put into step one, step two, step three, he's saying, no, none of that, all, none of that other stuff really matters. The only thing that matters, the only thing that's worth your time, the only thing you need to worry about is receiving this Holy Spirit. So if the disciples had to wait for the Holy Spirit, guess what? None of us here are above it either. We need to wait for the Holy Spirit. We need to wait upon the Lord. We need to wait for this Holy Spirit to come and baptize us with fire. Because if we don't have this, if we don't have the fire, if we don't have the Holy Spirit, guess what? What are you able to do as a Christian? Well, exit, thank you. Nothing. You're not able to do anything. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, your Christianity is useless. Your Christianity is powerless. You don't have the spirit of truth. You don't have direction. You're confused. You're backslidden every other week. Guys, you need the Holy Spirit. Well, how do I get the Holy Spirit, Lawrence? How do I receive the power of the Holy Spirit? Shut down everything that you're doing. Stop all the stuff that you're involved in. Shut it all down. Stop hanging out with your friends. Cancel your appointments. Get alone with God and wait until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's Jesus' instructions to his disciples. 
Anybody else seeing anything differently? Uh, we can, like, be cool with God, have church, you know, maybe sing some songs. I, I think that's what we need. We need to sing some songs. Yeah, that's more important. No, God says, no, none of that actually matters. Only thing, wait. Don't leave. Wait until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, remember when I was talking about the, uh, how, how long, right, how long do we have to wait for the Holy Spirit? Well, well God, how, how long is this going to take? I'm kind of busy. I've got, got things i got to do. You know, i, I got this family appointment. We're going to be having a party. You know, we're going to be doing this, that, and the other. Well, well, well did, God, how long, how, how, how specific, can I have a time between maybe 10 and, and 2? At my job, I work as a carpet cleaner, and whenever somebody, a customer, makes an appointment with us, we always give them, like, a window of, like, time to expect us in. Because, you know, we give them a window that gives us room to, like, sleep in a little bit. <laughs> Come on, somebody. So we'll, we'll be like, you know, okay, well, expect us from like 9 to 11, right? A two-hour window sometimes. Um, does Jesus give them a two-hour window? Uh, disciples, you're going to receive Jesus on Thursday between 2 and 5, so during that time, why don't you just wait in your room, just waiting for the Holy Spirit to come upon you? Does he give them that specific instruction, those specific times? Guess what? Jesus says a few days. Everybody love Jesus' instructions. Everybody love how, like, perfectly organized. Come on, so this, this, this is setting somebody free, right? Jesus is not, come on, so he says a few days. He doesn't give you a certain amount of time. He doesn't give you a few hours. He says, no, 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 you just wait a few days. Well, Jesus, I got stuff I got to do, Lord. I'm busy. No, 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 I don't care. You wait in Jerusalem. You wait there. You sit there. And you know what? It's going to come to you in a few days. A few days. What does that mean, Jesus? I, I need to know because I have things I'm planning. No, God is saying, I don't care about your plans. I don't care what you have planned. Shut it all down. Just know the Holy Spirit's coming. And you got to wait. And you got to sit there in Jerusalem until he comes. Because you know what? Until he does come, nothing, what, that, nothing that you do actually matters. You know what, it doesn't matter what you try and do, uh, Peter. It doesn't matter what you try and do, John. Without the Holy Spirit, none of that stuff matters. You need to shut down everything. Because unless you have the Holy Spirit, Peter, you cannot preach. Until you have the Holy Spirit, John, you can't, you can't teach people. It's all futile. It's all a waste of time. You need to have the Holy Spirit in order to go where I am taking you. How is this tied into no turning back? Well, guess what? I'm sure at this point, a few disciples were like, oh my gosh, it's do or die time. I guess I'm not turning back now. Mom, sorry, I can't go to the, uh, the family party. Hey, Bob, yeah, you know that, that, that those plans for Fortnite tonight? Yeah, I can't play with you, sorry. Hey, you know what, that concert going on with, the, with the, those, those guys or whatever? Yeah, we, we got to cancel that show. Yeah, Jesus just told me I can't do anything until, until I get the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to have to close those plans right now. Because it's no turning back. There's no going back anymore. It, it's, it's all or nothing. Either I get the Holy Spirit and I'm able to move forward or I'm wasting my time. Everybody, I'm sure, has been at a point where they've ordered something off the internet, right? They ordered a controller. <laughs> Amen, Josiah. Why don't you come up here, Josiah? You raised your hand. I saw that. It's, it's okay. It's okay. Come on. Everybody give it up for Josiah. It's okay. It's okay. Amen. Josiah, what, what was the last thing you ordered or maybe the biggest order? I don't know. Something online that you like to order. No, stop. Uh, I don't know. Like some shoes. Okay, yeah. Some shoes. How, how long did it take for the shoes to arrive? Uh, a week or okay. Amen. So um, how did you know that your shoes arrived? Track them, or I don't know. <laughs> hey man, you can sit down. Hold on, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, no, no. You can sit down. You can sit down. Amen. Alejandro, I heard, I heard that, bro. I heard you. All right, come up here. Come up, Alejandro. No, 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 no. I'm gonna have to rebuke him now. No, come on, come on, Alejandro. You good, bro? Let's go. Come on. All right. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Okay. Well, uh, what name something you ordered from the internet before? Uh, uh, <laughs> I was, 
Amen. Close. This man has a joy of the Lord or something. Amen. Um, how how did you know that your clothes arrived, Alejandro? I went on the Amazon. Stop, bro. I went on the Amazon app and I checked, and then it said it's uh, arrived now. So I went downstairs and I saw it. Okay, hold on. Let me ask you one more question. One more. Lord Jesus. Okay. One more question. How many times did you check that Amazon app? Like 20. Come on. Thank you. Thank you, Alejandro. Everybody give it up for Alejandro. We've all received important mail, right? We ordered something on the internet. New pair of shoes, new clothes, right? H&M, Forever 21, whatever's your cup of tea. Air Apostle, I don't know what's in these days. Vans, right? All this different stuff. Nike's, the new limited edition, like macaroon color. I don't know. So you order this thing on Amazon, right? And you're waiting for it in the mail, right? And you're checking that thing every single day. You're waiting for it to come. First day, it doesn't show up. You're like, man, it should have been here five days ago. It should have been a year ago. What's going on? So you go downstairs. You check it. Still no package. Still no Amazon. Nikes that you can show up to all your friends, right? You check the next day. You go down to the mailbox. You open it up. Is it there? It's not there. You're mad. You're frustrated. What's going on? Do you give up? Do you just say, you know what? I don't care. I'll just check it. I'll just check that mailbox whenever I want to check it. No. You, the next day comes. You're frustrated. You're annoyed. You go down again. Is, that, is, is the mail there? No. It's addressed to my neighbor. Gosh, man, what, what, what's going on? So then you, you keep waiting. You keep checking the mail. You keep looking to see if it's there, right? And once it finally shows up, how do you know it shows up? Because you went to the mailbox. You looked inside, and you're like, oh, snap, there's my shoes. Right? You were waiting with anticipation. You kept checking. It was constantly on your mind. You didn't go anywhere. You, you might have checked it an hour ago. An hour passes, maybe it's there again. You check it again. You're waiting for it to come. You're anticipating the package. You're anticipating the mail. Oscar, next slide. Go to Acts chapter, well, I think it's in the same chapter, chapter 1, but go to uh, the, the verses further down. Acts 1, 8. No, I think it's uh, Acts, like, it's further down. It should be, uh, there we go. Yes, okay. So, disciples are waiting for the Holy Spirit. They don't know how long. They don't know when he's going to come. They don't know when he's going to show up. All Jesus told them was, go to Jerusalem, wait there, don't leave, and the Holy Spirit will come to you in a few days. Okay, so what are the disciples going to do now from the time they enter into Jerusalem till the time the Holy Spirit comes, whenever that is? They're going to be chilling. They're going to be bored. They're going to be going to go on outside buying groceries. What are they going to be doing? Well, here we go. Book of Acts gives us a sneak peek of what the disciples are doing while they're waiting for the Holy Spirit. It says, Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. It says, When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, Judas, the son of James, just naming all the different disciples, right, that were there. They all joined together constantly in what? Constantly in prayer. How often were they praying? How often were they praying? They were constantly praying. Why are you praying, disciples? Why are you praying, John? Why are you praying, Peter? Because the Holy Spirit's coming, and I want to be ready. And I'm going to wait here until the Holy Spirit shows up. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to pray. I'm not going to leave. I'm not going anywhere until I get this power that Jesus told me about. Because unless I get it, I can't do anything. I can't go anywhere. I can't move. Can't go forward. Can't go sideways. Can't go back. Can't do nothing. I need this Holy Spirit. And I'm going to constantly pray until it happens. Theologians estimate that the disciples had to wait for about 10 days. Everybody say 10 days. It's more than a week. Okay. 
Yes, 10 days. 10 days. That means the disciples were in that room. They show up, they get together, they start praying. An hour passes. Hmm, no Holy Spirit. Let's keep praying. Another hour passes. No Holy Spirit. Okay, well, let's keep waiting. We'll keep praying. Maybe the Holy Spirit will come in another five hours. Holy Spirit just wants to, like, give it a little bit more time. Okay, five hours pass. Still no Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's just kind of chilling. He don't care. He's like, a few days. I'll take advantage of it. Come on. Right? Disciples are looking. Five hours pass. Seven hours pass. The whole day passes. Well, you know what? We got this all wrong. The Holy Spirit's going to come tomorrow. God just wanted us to maybe get some rest first today. Then the next day, he'll definitely come. I just have this feeling. I know it. I had a dream. Yes, the Holy Spirit's coming tomorrow. Come on, somebody. Now I can reschedule that thing on, on, on uh, you know, whatever. Next day comes. They go back to praying. They're constantly praying, right? All right, Holy Spirit, we're waiting for you. Jesus, come. We're ready. It's morning. A few hours pass. Oh, okay, I know. God, God's going to come in the afternoon. That's, that's the time. That's, that ever since the Old Testament, it's always been the afternoon, right? Afternoon comes, 12 p.m., 1 p.m., 2 p.m. They're constantly praying, Jesus, come. Come on, we're waiting for you. God, we want you, right? 3 p.m., 4 p.m., 5 p.m., 7 p.m. Oh, no, he's going to come in the evening. I just have a feeling, man, Jacob wrestled the angel in the, in the wee hours of the night. He's going to come in the evening. He's going to come in the midnight hour. I just know it. I'm ready. I'm excited. 10 p.m., 11 p.m., 12 a.m., 1 a.m., 2 a.m. They're still waiting. No Holy Spirit. What's going on? What's going on, God? You just said wait here for a few days. Okay, it's already been a few days. Come on, God. What's your definition of a few days here? Like, come on. I, I, my definition is like two. What are you doing, Jesus? Holy Spirit, you better come, man, because I'm getting a little annoyed. I'm getting bored, God. I'm waiting here. I'm praying. I'm going back and forth. I'm sweating. Lord, where are you right now? Holy Spirit's just kind of chilling. Okay. That's all right. Keep waiting. Keep praying. Go pray. Keep, keep going, right? Third day comes around. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, we're ready. We're ready. Jesus, we want you. Jesus, we're, we're ready, man. It, it's the third day now. Jesus, you know, Jesus rose on the third day. Man, it, 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 it's, it's all about the number three. It's, God's going to show up on the third day. Yes. Come on, somebody. Now I'm ready, right? The morning passes. Afternoon passes. Evening passes. No Holy Spirit. Fourth day comes around. Morning, afternoon, night. No Holy Spirit. Fifth day comes around. Morning, afternoon, night. No Holy Spirit. Sixth day comes around. Morning, afternoon, night. No Holy Spirit. Seventh day, morning, noon, afternoon, night. No Holy Spirit. You know what? At some point, these disciples probably got tired. Said, Holy Spirit, what's going on? And they pushed them to a point where they said, you know what? God, there's no turning back. There's no other point. Forget everything, Lord. I'm just going to just wait here. I don't know how long you're going to take. I don't know at what time you're going to come, but I don't even care at this point. Lord, I'm just waiting for you now. So they just keep praying. The ninth day comes. The tenth day comes. And boom, the Holy Spirit shows up, baptizes all of them with fire. They start preaching. They start evangelizing. And 3,000 people end up getting saved in one day. Yes. <laughs> No, man, that's a great question. Uh, Oscar, why don't you turn to Acts chapter 2. No, thank you, uh, thank you Alejandro. That, 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 you guys need to see this for yourself here. If you want to see it for yourself, man, read chapter 2 yourself. It's powerful. It's crazy. Here we go. Acts chapter 2, verse 30. Let's see here. Verses 40 and 41. Acts chapter 2, 40 and 41, Oscar. We don't got to read all 47 verses. I'll spare you that. No, maybe we should. No. Uh, with many other words, this is Peter now. This is after the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples. They're preaching to this crowd that gathered outside. Oh, my gosh, there's so many things going on. You guys need to read it for yourself. But the disciples are preaching now. They're preaching to thousands of people that are around their city, around their house, around where they're gathered. It says, with many other words, he warned them, which is Peter. Peter warned them, and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted this message were baptized, and about how many were saved? 3,000 were added to their number. Which day? 
That day, that means in one 24-hour day, 3,000 people ended up getting saved like that. No big deal. But why did it all happen? How did it all start? Prayer and what? Waiting. Prayer, yes. But before they started praying, they had to wait. Did they wait with a specific time frame in mind? Did they wait with five hours in their head? What's up, Karina? <laughs> you just coming in here. I saw TJ over there, too. Yes, the mission strip people are back. Everybody, give it up for mission strip people. Amen, amen. amen. They're going to be sharing next Friday. Next Friday. They're tired. They got their, amen, amen. Oh, TJ, come on. <laughs> yes, Lord. There we go. Come on. The movie stars have arrived. Awesomeness. So, again. Going back to this, going back to this chapter, these verses here, it all started with the disciples waiting. Now again, these disciples had no clue what time, no clue which day. Do we all get that in this place? No concept of time. Lord, I don't know when you're going to come, but I'm going to wait here until you do. What kept them focused? What kept them driven? What kept them in a state of constant prayer for 10 days? I want you guys to think about this right now. Close your eyes. Think about it. You're a disciple, and you're waiting. You're praying for this Holy Spirit that Jesus told you to wait for. What on God's green earth can keep you focused in prayer for 10 days to receive this Holy Spirit? God, there's nothing else that I need. Lord, the Holy Spirit is the only thing I need right now. Everything else is worthless. Everything else is meaningless. God, I can't do anything without your spirit. God, I can't go anywhere without your spirit. God, I can't preach a sermon without your spirit. God, I can't start this church with your spirit. I can't witness to these people without your spirit. God, I cannot do anything until your spirit comes. That's what kept them for those 10 days. Let's all stand. Stephanie, if you can come to the guitar. Holy Spirit, we need you. Everybody just put your hands out like this. Can you handle five minutes? Can you handle ten minutes of waiting for the Holy Spirit? God's not even asking you to wait for ten days right now. He's so eager he'll come in a minute, but you got to wait still. Lord, we're waiting. Actually, Stephanie, don't start playing. Just sing acapella, whatever God puts on your heart. I guarantee you those disciples didn't have a guitar in the upper room. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Cause your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Keep singing it, keep singing it. Holy Spirit, you are welcomed here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Cause your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. We are nothing without you. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come.
there's nothing worth more that would ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living hope. It's your presence, Lord. So I've tasted and seen all the sweetest of loves. When my heart becomes free and my shame is undone, in your presence, Lord. So, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. It's your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. It's your presence, Lord. So, Lord, we wait for you, God. need to pray like the disciples right now. Holy Spirit, I, I need you. Holy Spirit, I can do nothing without you. This is what the disciples were doing for 10 days. 10 days of waiting. Some of you just need to wait for one minute and God will show up like that. Holy Spirit, we're waiting for you to move, God. We need you, God. We need you, Holy Spirit. God, come and overwhelm us, Lord, in this place. Come and overwhelm this room, Lord. Nothing else matters. We can't do church. We can't do elevate. We can't go and reach our family. We can't be a witness to our friends. God, we can do nothing without your Holy Spirit, God. And we're willing to wait until you show up, God. We're willing to wait for you, God, until we hear your voice. God, you have a captive audience tonight, starting with me. Everybody just tell the Holy Spirit that starting with you, God has a captive audience. Starting with you, the Holy Spirit has a captive audience. Okay, if you think this is kind of weird, if you feel like it's kind of awkward, that's all right. The disciples did this for 10 whole days, guys. All the disciples probably got used to this within the first, first few days. Maybe it took them a little while. Maybe they had to get used to it. But I'm telling you what, after the fifth day, after the seventh day, after the tenth day, they got it. Lord, I can't do anything until I feel your power. I can't do anything until I'm baptized with your fire. Just a few more minutes. It's okay. It's okay. Lord, we're waiting for you. This is biblical. It's biblical to wait on the Holy Spirit. 